You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Now it's time to move on. Start looking looking ahead to next season. Prepare ourselves for breaking our hearts again next year. So let's let's start looking at looking at the future here, yeah? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, where do you want to start? You want to start with like free agents? Yeah, because that's what we teased. I, I, at some point during last episode, I stopped Brian at like the hour mark and was like, we can wait to talk about this next episode um, <laughs> because I thought we had already gone long. So yeah, I, I it was talking about free agents, uh, what are going to happen with the Bruins free agents, maybe potential free agents they might be looking for and possible trades that could solve some of their, their cap issues. Kind of what we want to focus on here. Right guys. Yeah. Wanna here's an idea. I'm just going to run through free agents. Let's say if we think they're back or gone, I'm just going to read off cap friendly from, from top to bottom. Nick Felina. I want to, I'm going to say here for like a very team friendly deal. Nah, I'm saying gone. You saying gone? Uh, Patrice Bergeron, back. Brian, you're saying back? Yeah, I don't think he's done. I, I just feel like I, I'll say Krejci. I know we haven't got to Krejci. Krejci gone. I think Krejci gone. Bergeron, I really have no idea. I, I, I feel like he wants to come back, but he's also worried about disappointing the team. And whether or not you can make a prediction. (laughs) Well, but okay. So is this podcast going to be three seconds? We're just going to say yes and no. No, we we can can expand (laughs) on it all. We can expand on it all after, but I feel like just to set a base of like, okay, all right. right. We'll we'll do the short version now. Uh, If you're going to make me choose, I'm going to say here. All right, fine. I'll be different and say gone. I think I I feel like it is close to 50 50, but I'm. As of right now, I'm still leaning towards he retires. Uh, Tyler Bertuzzi. Here. I'm going to say here. I think they find a way. I think they want him. I think they want him back pretty bad. I think they're willing to get rid of pretty much everything, including current roster players that they might try to trade to keep him. Mm -hmm. Tomas Nosek. Gone. Here. Gone. Garnet Hathaway. Gone. Gone. Yep. Uh, Trent Frederick, restricted free agent. Oh, he's going to be here. He doesn't have an option, really. <laughs> yeah, I'll say here, but I wouldn't be surprised if they like tried to... Yeah, here, here. Yeah, I'll say here, too. Um, David Krejci, we already... Bridget, yeah. we already know, says gone. Yeah, I, I think he's done. Same, I think he, he retires. Uh, all right. By Let's the see. way, he said that the timeline was going to be in the first few weeks. So that could yeah, be some news that we get soon. Well, and also, what's interesting though is 
the last couple years, some of these guys, especially Berger and Krejci, have made decisions that haven't gone public when they've made them. So it's possible that Krejci has already made a decision and it's just not public yet. Um, but yeah, you're right. He did say he planned on taking only like a couple weeks and it's mm-hmm. been a couple weeks since breakup day. So, um, all right. On defense, Dmitry Orlov. Gone. I think he's gone. Yeah, I agree. Connor Clifton. Gone. 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 Uh, Jeremy Swayman, restricted free agent. Obviously here. Here. Yep, agreed. Uh, Who else? Uh, I mean, I guess technically he was on the books this year. Chris Wagner, I think, probably gone. Um, I don't know why he didn't pop up on Cap Friendly, but uh, Jacob Lauko is a restricted free agent as well. I think they'll find a way to keep him. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, he, he... What can yeah? I'm just trying to think of how he would want that contract to go. I would I would assume that that would be someone they could cap wise keep. So okay, and I'm yeah. re- I realizing that the reason he didn't pop up in cap friendly is because the Bruins did send him down to Providence to close out their playoff run. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so that I guess that like sets the base. Um, I mean, so- basically, basically for any player who's not considering retirement of those players that we know are not retiring. We we'll, I think the majority rule is we think that Bertuzzi, Lauco and Frederick, is that it? Everybody else would just like, they're going to clean house. Like I know we differed a little bit. I know Bridget had a couple different opinions, but I think the consensus though, amongst the three of us is that they're cleaning house and they might try to prioritize Bertuzzi and, and go from there. Yeah. Mostly because they have to, because they just don't have the cap space. They have well, under $5 million to work with. Like, so as much as, yeah, it would be nice to keep, you know, a Felino and or Nosek, like, they can't afford to spend on depth. So, like, unless those guys are coming back super, super cheap, yeah, I, I just don't see, how like, how that can possibly so, work. Notice that I differed with you. I did differ with you guys on three. And the reason why I differ about Bertuzzi isn't because he's not a good fit, isn't because they don't want him. I think he's going to get more money elsewhere. I don't – I think that – he's going to be getting offers that are not in the Bruins ballpark um, to where it doesn't make sense for, it would hurt the rest of the roster. It would cause too many moves to need to be made or too many holes um, of other guys that you'd have to trade or let go uh, in order to get him under contract and fit him on the team. And I think they should try to, I, I, I'm all for them trying to get him to come back. Um, I just feel that, as a free agent, there's so much interest in, in him and a player like him that it – I just have a feeling that, that the Bruins – it's out of the Bruins' control, right? He goes where he wants to go, and that's why I say he's not back. Not that I don't want him back. Not that he wouldn't be great if you could keep him. Um, but I also said I think Felino could come back and no sick because um, – it depends what no six contract is. These are two guys you could probably get pretty cheaply. If Bergeron's gone, you don't want to lose another center. So you probably want to keep no sick. Um, and then you'll have to move Zaka up and maybe Frederick to center. You're, you're having center issues again. Um, and it's just exacerbated if you lose no sick and he has 
said he wants to stay in Boston. Um, he likes playing with the other Czech players on this team. He seems like he's very happy here. Folino, another guy who said he wants to do everything to stay in Boston. So these are guys who have voiced that this is their first priority. Um, and Folino seems like a team friendly deal could be could be found with him. And they really, really value Nosik, I think, more than we even kind of wrap our heads around. So that's I why think, I differed with you guys on those. I think they value Nosik in a situation like last year where they're going for the Stanley Cup. But I think that it's more for somebody like Nosik and Felino, it's it's great if those guys were to come back on friendly deals right? So that they can fit them in the books appropriately. But I think the Bruins brass right now, and I think they kind of mentioned this in the, in the end of season press conference. I think that they're, they want to prioritize system, uh, systemic players into that bottom six. I think that they're, I think that their values, especially if Bergeron goes, I don't think they're interested in keeping no sick to kind of keep their fourth line center stable. Like I think they'd rather prioritize implementing and infusing some of the guys in their own system to see what they have in that bottom. I think especially if Bergeron goes next year, and you're looking at like a Zaka coil one, two center. I think the Bruins have to be pretty realistic with themselves about what their chances are to go deep. And I, I just, I just think that their priorities are going to change. So if you're a Stanley cup contender, yes. But if you're admitting that you're going to start to maybe try to focus on bringing up newer, newer talent and just see what you have in the system. That's why I think that they might, they might just let that bottom six cleanse out into free agency. And, and, you know, as far as Tyler Bertuzzi goes, free agencies in July. Let's see what happens around the draft. If the Bruins were able to trade away some roster players, like a Taylor Hall potentially and, and clear up that space. Cause I'll tell you this, I've, I fully expect the Bruins to cleanse the, the free agent class and, and, and allow those guys to walk for the most part outside of Pasternak and like McAvoy. Like there's, there's really nobody on the Bruins roster that I'd be like, no, 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 don't trade them. Like I, 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 I value Bertuzzi on this team going forward more than any other forward besides Pasternak. So and I think that that would, that would entice him too. If the Bruins can get that cap space before free agency to offer him what other teams can offer him and he can play next to Pasternak, I think that would be pretty enticing for him. Yeah, I would put Pavel Zak in that conversation as well, mostly just because of position, just because he he's at least one of two top two centers you need. Um, Agreed. Yeah, so at, on Felino and Nozick, like I also think there's – there, there's a difference in those two guys' situations as well. Like, I could, especially if Bergeron does come back for another year, I could see Felino saying, you know what? I'll come back for less than a million dollars. Like, this is where I want to finish out my career. He's 35, going on 36 early next season. Like, you know, he might not be chasing money. Like, I could absolutely see him just saying, this is a situation I like. You know, I'm willing to take whatever they can give me to to see it through and finish out finish out here. Tomas Nosek's 30 years old. He, you know, turns 31 just before next season starts. Like he's not at that point in his career where it's, yeah, you know what, this is where I want to, you know, finish out my career and I'll just take whatever. Like he can it's not gonna be a ton of money, but like is Nosek making, you know, one and a half or two million in free agency off the table? Absolutely not. Like someone might offer that. He he does bring value. And I think other teams see that. So, you know, I and I just don't think the Bruins are in a position where they can spend a million and a half to two million on a fourth liner. Like that's that's a luxury you have when when you have cap space and you're really 
trying to contend and you want to make sure that you have those veterans down there, but you know, they have to hit a, at least to some extent, a reset button. So I don't think they're going to be able to like spend money like that on a fourth line center as, as much as you like him and as valuable as he is in certain situations, D zone stuff, penalty kill, all that. Like at some point you got to give, you know, some of your younger guys a shot, whether it's Trent Frederick shifting to potentially a fourth line center. Although I kind of see him staying on the wing or, um, you know, maybe third line center if Coyle has to move up, but you know, a Mark McLaughlin or a Johnny Beecher or even like a Georgie Merkulov. Like if you're not, if you're not going to be like a true Stanley cup contender next year and you're willing to accept, you know, a little bit of a, retool on the fly and you know a little bit of a step back like i'm i'd be totally cool with the fourth line being more offensive like there's nothing in the nhl bylaws that says your fourth line has to start 80 percent of their shifts in the defensive zone and get all the tough d D zone matchups like your fourth line can be more offensive it can be younger it can have you know a kind of a more offensive minded center like georgie merkulov like again especially if you're not going like all all in on like hey this is a cup team and we can't screw around with our fourth line like now if you're if you understand that you're going to take a little bit of a step back you can do something like that and it can be very beneficial for that player so um and i i guess like a developing take of mine is i am increasingly willing to accept that kind of off season and that kind of approach towards the next season where like they should still be a playoff team. They should still be good. I'm not saying blow it up, sell off everything. Like, I think that would be insane, but there's going to be a step back no matter what. And I'm willing to take a little bit more of an approach of like, give some guys a chance, see how you do the first half of next year. And then if you, if you're in a good spot and you have to address some stuff around the trade deadline, maybe shore up that bottom six or whatever it might be. Like I'm okay with that approach, but like I don't need, I don't need the Bruins to like find a way to have like a totally complete roster like they did this year, going into the season where it's like 14, you know, forwards under NHL contracts again or something like that. Like I'm okay with having some openings and some question marks and giving some guys a shot and and, and see how it goes. And to, so just to. I have thoughts on Bertuzzi too, but as it pertains to the fourth line to just to dip in for a second to a mailbag question that we didn't get to. Um, I made this whole agree or disagree segment uh, section, by the way, if anyone wants to throw this into one of our comments, if any of our listeners um, want to just give us an agree or disagree. And this one is agree or disagree. Get rid of the entire fourth line. Agree. So Scott, you kind of yeah. already answered. Yeah, I think I think I agree because well, one, I think they kind of have to again. Like you have to let some players walk that they're not all coming back. So yeah, I do. You know, it's not that I want to get rid of all those guys. Like if I could keep them, I would. But um, I think giving some younger guys a shot is probably better in the long run than trying to like lock up fourth line veterans for another year or two. So, by the way, that would mean Felinic, Nosek, Hathaway. But we haven't talked about – what is Greer's contract? Um, he's, and we, he's got another year, so he's so, back unless they move him. 
no yeah and i would say no need to touch greer but um of the free agents you're saying let them let those three walk um lauco and greer question marks whether or not those guys um could be your your fourth liners next year and and one other thing too i just want to mention is like after a year like this where you literally had the greatest regular season objectively in, in the league's history over 100 years and and you go down in the first round all these expectations and literally the worst case scenario happened not only did you lose in the first round you lost after being up 3 to 1 you lost after having a lead in game 7 with 50 seconds left like there's just Going into next year, it's just it, there's not a lot. To, even if they have a great year, there's not a lot to be excited about because it's just like I just need to see them win in the playoffs again. And for me, I don't know about you guys, but I find I find excitement and something to look forward to next year in trying to watch some younger players see if see what they have in the system and develop. I I, I the hockey nerd in me kind of enjoys watching that. So I find some like regular season stimulation and seeing what some of these younger players have and. That's why I kind of am with you, Scott, and I, I welcome not only doing the fiscally responsible thing, which is allowing these players to walk because you don't have the cap space, but I just from a from a development standpoint, I want to see what some of these younger players can do at this level, and I, I, I think that'll be fun to watch. And I, I think that fourth lines you can there's not you're not gonna your team's not gonna ride or die with the fourth line, especially in the regular season. Like you can you can insert some young players and like they can provide some pop and. They might not. They might have to work on consistency and some learning curves, but I just think that they can still be a playoff team by giving a fourth, you know, a fourth line. A, and if that's Greer and Loco as well, like that's that's great. I'm just saying, I don't, I don't think you need Nosek, Felino, and Hathaway to make this a playoff team next year. Yeah, I mean, I mentioned this on a previous podcast. Like the Panthers are in the conference finals with a basically useless fourth line. Like their fourth line is Zach Dalby, Eric Stahl, and Colin White. And those three guys have done nothing in the playoffs other than get caved in and give up goals. Like they've been bad. Like their analytics, everything is like awful. And yet like, like they play five minutes a game. So it's like, who cares? Like whatever. Yeah. They don't have a complete roster. They just ride the top three lines. Didn't the um, NHL only have three lines up until like 1990? Yeah. Yeah. Like basically. Um, yeah. So another thing on like the young players and being, you know, that being more exciting to watch, you know, give you like something to get excited about. I would also say like, it can also be beneficial for the team because if you, if you mostly run back like the same roster or at least like a roster full of guys who were here last year, what is that team's motivation to play well in the regular season? Like what, what gets them going in October, November, December? They they just had the best regular season in history and it meant nothing in the end. Like that that's a team that I could see getting off to a slow start, having a hangover that lasts most of the year, and like maybe ending up in a position where they're fighting for a playoff spot. I think if you get some young guys in there, like those guys don't care about how meaningless last regular season was. Those guys are trying to prove they belong in the NHL. So I think that can inject some life into a team too. And and some energy that, you know, some of the veterans might be lacking out of the gate next year because it's, you know, it's going to be hard to turn the page on on how the season ended. And those young guys can, I think, on the ice help do that just by bringing some energy and kind of just, you know, some fresh blood. One, one thing people might say in response to that, Scott, though, is, well, 
that's what happened to Florida this year. They got off to a slow start after after a lull, and they fought for their playoff lives, and here they are in the conference finals. But I would say the big caveat there is that the Bruins will have the cap space to to um, to, to run it back again. And also, Boston's regular season this year was historic. And Florida did win a round last year. People forget they got they lost in the second round to Tampa. Boston lost in the first round. So, but yes, sorry to kind of go off the rails there. But just another like it, 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 that's just me illustrating even more so like why they should just go with you know just naturally go with some turnover here. Yeah, I, I also don't think there's going to be a Matthew Kachuk to trade for this off season, yeah. but who knows? We'll we'll see. I don't know if you could, you know, re-sign Bertuzzi. You're talking about, like, obviously not Mac and Chuck, but we're talking about, you know, some of those pain-in-the-ass, high-skilled players. Um, two guys that were, you know, both getting after it in the first round. But um, in, in terms of bringing up younger guys, it's been a while since the Bruins have been able to try – I mean – this season, there wasn't even really experimenting with, can this guy come up and give us minutes when we need to, besides with Lauco. Um, it's been a while. I mean, at times in previous seasons, we'd seen Sonika come up and down and um, McLaughlin come up and down and, and them testing out here and there. Um, hey, pieces. hey, Jack Sonika got his shot this year. He played like one <laughs> or two Sonica games before they traded is- him. Gonski. Yeah, that was dramatic. But um, but anyway, <laughs> um, very little chance to see the, the the next crop. Um, and just it must be frustrating because those guys in Providence have as well as they've been doing, they really have had no hole to try to fill on the Bruins. Um, so I, I at some point here over the next few seasons starting this this upcoming season there's going to be spots up for grabs for guys to to fight for i think that's what you were saying scott and the motivation coming from a personal level for some of those guys to prove themselves and lift their play in order to prove that they should be on an nhl roster but the flip side to that is if especially in the center position if we're talking about elevating a center to a fourth line center role how ready are some of their centers in Providence. And we're going to talk to Mark Dever hopefully next week and, and ask him that very question um, because Beecher is a center prospect that they have. McLaughlin can play center, can play wing. Um, I believe even Steen is listed as a center. I, they, they have some center prospects that did not get a look in the NHL last season at all. So um, to, to go from having a guy that played pretty much every game for you as a fourth line center to not really like to, to trying to fill that with someone that you're not even sure can play 10 NHL games in a row uh, because they haven't done it yet is going to be hard. Yeah. But again, like I, I want to see those guys get a chance and, and get a look and have an opportunity to battle because like I said, like I, I don't need their opening night roster to be a, a Stanley cup roster. Like I'm, I'm okay with, some growing pains next season and letting some guys figure things out, you know, get an opportunity, try to find their way and then reassess where you are, like in the second half leading up to the trade deadline. So they have to get younger at some point. And I do feel like, you know, this is a, now I guess it does change. Like if Bergeron comes back and we're all kind of assuming Krejci's not, but obviously, you know, he hasn't made a decision yet, but 
if Bergeron comes back, then the expectation should still be to try to compete for a cup. So that would change things a little bit. But even still, like I to to the point that me and Brian made about like, you know, fourth lines don't have to be perfect. You know, you can take some chances there. Like I would still be okay with doing that. Like even even if Bergeron's back, I'm still okay with giving some young guys a, a chance on the fourth line, giving them some, some leash, letting them make mistakes, and then you know, see how it goes for a couple months. And they have to, especially if Bergeron comes back, because they'll have to pay him. Like they don't have yeah. the cap space, so they have to, to 